It is uh, five minutes after 7 o'clock in the phone lines. Look at that. Already open. Ready for your calls. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. We convene at this time on Mondays, Wednesdays during your week. Got the weekend shows and Employment Hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV. That is uh, on your weekend mornings as well. So we got this sucker covered big time. Lior not in tonight. It is Dave Vaughn in the uh, the hot seat answering all your questions. You want to send along an email. That'd be, uh, that'd be cool. Help at employmenthour.com and anytime you feel like uh, going you know what I wonder what my severance would be if I got sacked tomorrow there's a way to find out even before the phone call tonight which I know you'll make and that would be severancepaycalculator.com but to get us uh, to warmed up and uh, and off the launching pad here Dave a week that was what do you got going on pal yeah the uh, first situation I want to talk about John is uh, a situation I've seen come up a couple times recently and there seems to be a lot of uh, you know misconception about it and how it plays out so in, in this case a client of mine was off of work for several years and uh, his doctors had determined that he was completely disabled and unable to return to work so um, in that case he was under the impression that he got you know a, a full severance package based on his common law termination entitlements and he's a long-term employee so he probably got somewhere around 18 to 20 months of severance pay mm-hmm. the employer on the other hand was under the impression that the contract of employment was frustrated which meant they had to give him nothing right um, and both of those positions are actually wrong. What, what happens in these circumstances when the contract of employment is frustrated due to a medical uh, disability or a medical condition, the employee is entitled to only their minimum termination entitlements under the right. Employment Standards Act. And both the employer and the employee have the, the right and ability to basically allege that it has been frustrated and it's on, on, you know, on that person or, or individual or, or company to prove that. So uh, in some cases, employers do it when they realize, you know, there, there's no uh, termination, you know, the, the person's not going to return. Um, mm-hmm. But the employee can actually do it themselves too. So they can say, look, I've spoken with my doctor. There's no way I can be accommodated. There's nothing I can do at this company in terms of work. Uh, I will have to treat my employment as having been frustrated. And that's absolutely, uh, you know, they, they are, the employee is allowed to do that just like the employer is allowed to do it. So, okay. um, and in those circumstances, um, you know, you are, you're entitled to your minimum employment standards act entitlements. In this case, it was um, about 28 weeks um, this uh, individual was entitled to. So it's obviously a you know a huge uh, hit in terms of um, what they would have otherwise got from con- common law. But for sure, uh, it, it's more than nothing. And um, you know, if you're uh, you're an employee, um, it's just something to consider if you are on a medical disability. Um, to, you know, because it, it may get to the point where you're not going to be able to go back, and uh, and that, that is something to consider. I had no idea that the uh, the employee could make that call as well. I guess with the uh, the doctor's blessing, right? Yeah, I would say that that's actually very uh, not very well known. Um, in I think in the past, uh, a lot of people uh, thought that it was just the employer that got to make that determination. Um, but either side can do it. I mean, the whether a contract's been frustrated is just. Um, you know, it's a question based on the facts and the law. So um, wh- whoever alleges it uh, is dealing with the same law and the same facts, and it'll just depend on uh, on those uh, you know circumstances. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You have questions about your job, your employment. This is a live call in show, of course, and always uh, waiting for your phone calls and uh, looking forward to them as well. What else you got going on, pal? Yeah, another uh, another one I wanted to talk about. Again, I, I uh, you know, it's kind of a unique situation, but I have seen it come up uh, quite a bit over the last uh, year or two. Is uh, a client of mine um, was basically told, like, your position is no longer available. We're we're doing this general global restructuring. 
your position's not available anymore, so we'll give you this other role. We'll offer you this other role. And it was somewhat different, but the pay would be the same. Um, you know, the duties and responsibilities were somewhat different. Um, the, the the pay scale and everything, the the you know, the level was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was certainly uh, certainly a change in terms of the person's job. He made he said, you know, uh, thanks, but I'm not interested in this. And right. he'd been there a long time, and so they said, okay, we're we're going to process your resignation then. Mm-hmm. So they basically said, by not accepting this new job. You resigned, and that's that's not what happened at all. And uh, that that's one of the confu- you know one of the uh, people I find employers get confused sometimes because they think this type of situation is a constructive dismissal. It's like, oh, he's not accepting this role, therefore he's right. resigning, alleging constructive dismissal. But that's not what he did. All he said was, uh, you know, I'm not interested in that offer, but I'm happy to continue in my in my normal role or yep. uh, you know another role that's comparable. And um, you know they they basically said no you you've resigned and that's that's not what happened um, at all and it's not a constructive dismissal argument it's actually just a termination the employer went ahead ended the employment relationship because he turned down another offer and um, that uh, you know that that's not a, a resignation and uh, this individual was entitled to severance pay and we were able to get that for him. A resignation has to be on the part of the actual employee. You can't be told you need to resign, or we are, we're, we're assuming you're resigning because of this, right? Correct. And the proper way, no. if the employer wanted to handle that um, and, and avoid liability, uh, or at least uh, you know limit it, would be to, you know, you, you make the offer to the person, and if he says, no, I'm not interested, you then implement it. You say, okay, well, as of this date, this is your new job. At that point he would have to make a decision. Either he stays in the job or quits and alleges constructive dismissal. But in this case, they they basically, they didn't give him that option. They just, right. they jumped the gun and they're the ones that made the decision to end the relationship. Uh, so that is a termination. And, um, you know, p- employers will get into the issue of whether he failed to mitigate his damages by doing that. Because as, as you know, John, uh, when an employee is let go, they have an obligation to look for other work. But mm-hmm. this happened before the termination. Uh, so it, they can't say he failed to mitigate by turning down this offer. You know, he was presented an offer, and and he didn't take it. I mean, um, and that's all there is to it. And, and then they went ahead and uh, and uh, you know severed the employment relationship. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell is the numbers. I see the call coming in there. We'll get that uh, lined up in the meantime. I guess we'll start in on our topic for uh, part of the evening as as well, and that's going to be termination of employment. Um, I'll get right into it, man. Is it is it more difficult to terminate for cause of an employee who's worked for the company for say a long time, two or five years versus twenty five years? For yeah, instance? absolutely. It's uh, it's always going to be harder to terminate someone's employment who's been there for a longer uh, period of time, and um, that's true whether it's just you know a series of uh, you know series of issues or incidents, mm-hmm. or whether it's one major incident. Um, you know, you're still going to look at whether whether it was misconduct or not. That'd be the first step. So did did what the employee what the employee did is that misconduct? That that question right. doesn't change. But then if you get into yes, it is misconduct. Um, you then you uh, you get into you know progressive discipline and whatnot, and uh, a long term a long service employee is always going to be given the you know a greater benefit of the doubt in terms of you know was he given enough or she given enough uh, progressive discipline were the warnings there um, did they coach the person um, and help the person and uh, so yeah absolutely it'll always be harder to terminate an employee uh, with long service. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell to ask your questions. Uh, Mercedes, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good evening. How are you? Well, I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're uh, we're great. Uh, what's your question? Um, I had like kind of like a multi layered question. I'm sure. seven months pregnant and I'm planning to take leave. I guess sometime in September. 
And I'm wondering, first off, my current vacation days, how do I find out how much, like how many days I'm entitled to, or is it like prorated for the year that I'm currently in? Well, you like continue to how many days. Yeah, it's a great question. You should start by, I mean, asking, you know, submitting an email or asking your employer um, just okay. how, how much vacation you have. And you do actually continue to accrue vacation even while you're on parental leave. Okay. So, um, um, so you will continue to get that during your, your parental leave. Okay. And then before, like, I should send HR an email to find out, like, how many days I get to use for this year before I take off. Yeah, absolutely. I would just uh, send them an email, get some clarity on, you know, what do they, what do they believe you have, you know, accrued? Um, how will that work um, moving forward, and when, when can you take it? And sometimes people take it, you know, tack it on to the beginning. So even though their um, statutory parental leave and when they get EI begins, you know, September first, maybe you can take two weeks of vacation leading up to it, or, or two weeks at the end, or, th- or four weeks, or whatever the number would be. Okay, perfect. Um, another part of the question refers to raises and bonuses while I'm off. Right. A, am I entitled to any of those? And B, if I am, how do I raise that? Yeah, that's another great question. Something that comes up a lot that, uh, you know, people take parental leave. And it happens with parental leave and it happens sometimes with medical leaves um, Mm -hmm. where someone's off. And, uh, you know, through obviously no fault of their own, um, it's, you know, protected under the Human Rights Code and the Employment Standards Act. And they... um, yeah, they miss out on bonuses. They miss out on uh, on raises. Uh, you should uh, you know you should not miss out on those items when you're gone, when you're when you're away from work. Um, you know, some employers will probably give a prorated more uh, prorated bonus um, for the time okay. you're actively employed. But you know, I, I think you can make uh, an argument that you should get the entire entire amount. Okay, so it's kind of like something I can negotiate. Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. Um, I I think that was it. Uh, other than actually, I have one more question. Sure. Um, because I don't know how, like, I may hate maternity leave. I'm sorry to say that, but <laughs> I may be dying to go back to work. Can I go back to work or extend my leave with proper notice, or am I locked into whatever I say from the beginning? You could definitely work with them, work with the employer to to either extend it or, or bring it down. You know. Um, shorten it, shorten it, um, given the, the you know the circumstances or you know how you feel. Um, but yeah, you're, like you say, you just have to work with them and give them enough notice. I mean, it's not fair to come back and say, "Oh, I'm going to come back on Monday on a Friday." Um, <laughs> you just need to give them enough notice and, and work with on that. And if you're thinking about that, it's something to bring up, you know, when you're talking about the the logistics as well, right? Okay. Um, just because so they're not caught off guard by it. Feel. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah, just because I don't know how I'm going to feel. Like, I don't know if I, I'm going to go stir crazy and I'm just going to want to go back to work. Or Yeah, so, <laughs> so I think it makes sense to bring it up now. Bring, get all these things out there right now because, you know, a lot of the time these issues that, that arise between, uh, you know, employees and employers, they do have to do with just communication, lack of communication and whatnot. So if you can be, uh, you know, up, up front about everything you're thinking about, get all the issues on the table, then you won't be surprised. You won't be caught off guard, nor will they. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for all the answers. Beautiful. Thank you, uh, Mercedes. I appreciate you calling in. If you have any more questions, by the way, after you've hung up the phone, something else uh, enters your mind, that's no problem. one 821 5900 Get a hold of Dave or Lior, a member of the team. Again, one 821 5900 It's quite simply help at employmenthour.com. That's, that's an interesting point she raised. You know, what if I'm going stir-crazy? I want to come home after or go back to work after three weeks. Well, if they've gone through the process of hiring someone to fill in her job, 
that might be a concern too for the employer, right? Yeah, for sure. But to, yeah. if you're an employer and you're hiring someone for a uh, temporary position like that, you mm-hmm. should uh, have you know ter- a, you know a termination provision in there that allows you to to end it uh, you know terminate the employment relationship early. Very cool. We'll uh, take a short break and get uh, get to more. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It is just that simple. You've heard it. Bring on your calls. We'd love to talk to you. And we'll continue our discussion on termination of employment. This is the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour, Global News Radio. We have plenty of time for you to call in, and we have wide open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You have questions about uh, possibly your job. Maybe you're calling on behalf of a family member or a friend or something you've always just wondered about uh, the employment relationship, and you've wanted to uh, scratch that itch. Now's the time to do it. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dave Vaughn on air tonight answering uh, all of your questions. Back to our terminations of employment or termination of employment uh, talk. So what if someone has only worked for, I'll throw it out there, a few months? Does that mean they may get a week or two of severance? Because if, if at all, because a lot of the times those people are thinking, oh, I only worked for a month or two, I don't get anything. What say you about that? Yeah, that's uh, one of the big misconceptions uh, we see is, you know, people with uh, the view that people with short service don't get severance packages right. or don't get big severance packages because they've only uh, been there for a couple months or, you know, a year or so. And, uh, you know, that comes down to the old, uh, you know, when people think, oh, it's just a week per year of service or something. I don't even have a year yet, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to get anything. And that's um, not necessarily true. Now, you can have, uh, employers can have employment contracts that do limit people in those circumstances. So, you know, under the Employment Standards Act, the first three months, um, can, you know, the employer is allowed to let the person go without any ter- termination or severance pay. But um, the and then a- after that time up to a year would be only a week. But the employment contract needs to specifically, you know, say that that applies and limits the person to those right. entitlements, those, you know, the limited uh, entitlements. So if you don't have a contract or you don't have a, a termination provision that's enforceable, uh, yeah, you still get a severance package even if you only have a couple months of service. Um, you know, someone with uh, you know who's who's older, who uh, has a more senior, well-paying position. Um, you know, they can still even if they have you know let's say under a year of service, they can still get you know four months of severance pay, uh, even six months in some circumstances. Um, I find it would be be unique for someone to get more months um, of severance than actual service they had. Right, gotcha. Um, but there's no rule. There's no you know rule about that. But um, I think that would be a very unique situation if that did happen. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Even if you're you're a short service employee, um, you know, uh, even if it's you know under a year, you, you still are entitled to a severance package. Um, and, and it'll just depend on your years of service. Uh, sorry, your uh, your age and your position and any other unique factors that uh, they may, may um, you know impact your situation. Such as you know, I've seen cases where someone only has um, you know a, a year a less than a year of service, but they have this non competition agreement that they signed that uh, you know prevents them from working basically for anyone any competitors for a year well you know uh, the courts and, and the law are going to say well you can't prevent this person from working and then only pay them a week worth of severance pay <laughs> right? yeah, exactly right then the courts don't like people not working you did mention uh, you know your your employment contract and in general in general when it comes to your employment contract it's better to be based on a handshake rather than a, a 10 page you know, folder, right? People think it's the other way around. They want the rear end covered, but it's actually better for you as an employee to have a shorter, if not a handshake contract. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I've ta- spoken with people who say, you know, I, I keep bugging my employer for a contract, a written contract. And they won't give me one. That is the best case scenario because that means, right. um, for, you know, for the purpose of termination entitlements, you're entitled to common law severance pay and termination pay. 
Um, if you get a, if you have an employment contract or a job offer letter or employment agreement, there's a good chance that the employer is going to put in a clause in there that's going to limit your termination entitlement. So, um, you know, if you're an employer and you're listening to the show, absolutely. If you're hiring someone, you know, it protects your interest to have a contract and specify exactly what the individual gets upon termination. If you're an employee, it's, you know, it's the opposite. It's better to not have anything and then the common law governs. So. We'll get to our uh, phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on yourself. Thanks for hanging in there, Bob. Good evening. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Thanks, yourself. Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? You know, this is a long time ago, so it doesn't matter, but I was just wondering. I've had, uh, years ago, I had an injury that wasn't related to work. Doctor, I just finally pestered doctor to... To the point that doctor said, "Okay, well, if you want to go back to work that bad, go ahead if you think you can." Now, would would an employer be able to say, "Well, no, we cannot allow you, even though you think you can," and your doctor said, "Well, if you think you can handle it, go ahead." Does your employer have the obligation to say, "Well, no, we know you're physically not." capable to return so we can't let you come back it's a good question uh, bob the uh you know if your doctor is saying that uh, he you know he or she thinks you can come back or can you know come back on modified duties or with you know restrictions um you know the, the employer should listen to that unless they have some type of evidence uh, medical evidence not just you know what they think uh, medical evidence or you know differing opinion saying that you can't yeah. The other issue could come up is if your doctor says these are the duties he could perform and the employer says, well, we don't have those duties. We can't mm-hmm. provide those duties or we can't do that in a safe, provide those in a safe manner. Well, then, you know, they've, you know, they obviously arguably don't have to return you to that position at that time. Yeah, the injury I had was a broken collarbone and doctor said, no, you can't go back to work for so long. But finally, doctor just gave up got tired of listening to me and said, okay, you think you can do it? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, now what, that they, if, the, if that's the case, then if the doctor's not actually saying you can go back, then the employer probably wouldn't have an obligation. I mean, they have to maintain a safe workplace, and yeah. allowing someone to come back against their doctor's orders is probably not uh, safe. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, it was my choice. And, well, like I said, that was long time ago, so it doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> when was it, Bob? Oh shoot! Fifteen, twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. And and what happened? Did they? Doesn't count. <laughs> did they? Pay, did they? Did you return to work for a bit and try it out? Oh yeah, I returned to work, tried it out, and I actually did work. And even though it went against my doctor's advice. So how I long did you go anyway. back for? What's that? How long did you go back for? Oh, uh, I was off for about the first three weeks of the broken collarbone. Oh, that's it. And then I was back to work for the balance of the time. Oh, cool. Okay. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't take his Dodgers' advice, but he went back to work, and luckily it turned out uh, turned out okay. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your, cell, on your cell to call in, ask your questions like that, getting to, uh, to Jim. Hey, Jim, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? What's your concern, pal? Um... I've been giving my I've been given my termination, which uh, is going to be in December of this year. So they've given me a six month uh, working termination, yeah, okay. along with uh, twelve months uh, financial severance. 
So I work as a commissioned salesman where I cover my own expenses. And as part of the uh, the 12-month severance, they want to deduct what my expenses would be over that 12, 12-month period. Does that make sense? So they're, so they're giving you um, six months working notice. You'll just be doing your job until December. And right. then after that, they'll be giving you your what you would have earned during 12 months minus your expenses? Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, the principle is that you should receive, you should come out even, uh, you know, equal to, to um, basically you should come out the same as if you had just worked that 12 months. Okay. So, so you should be made whole, right? Right. So for them to deduct the, uh, the expenses for that period of time is legitimate? It likely is. Like, what, what percentage is it of your income? Um, it works out to about 15%. So you're uh, just use easy numbers. You're paid a hundred thousand dollars. Fifteen of that goes to uh, expenses. To you, expenses. Are you an independent contractor? Uh, well, I guess I am. What you call a dependent contractor. Okay, uh, like, but you so see, you only provide services to them, right? Correct. So you don't. Yeah, you have no other source of income. But they don't. They don't withhold taxes or anything from you. Correct. Okay. Um, so that that is generally what the principle with with contractors is. Um, you ha- like like uh, John said, you have to come out. You have to be made whole. So you can't do better by getting pay. You know, termination pay. Okay. So the other question that I have is, uh, I've been there for the better part right. of forty years. Is it enough? Yeah. So you've been there for forty. Yes. Okay. Forty years. Four zero. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just twelve months total. Oh, it's eighteen, right? Eighteen, correct. Hmm. Yeah. Now, is it subject? If you get a new job, let's say you got a new job in January two thousand twenty, do they do they stop paying you? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, assuming that's part of part of a severance. That uh, if you, yeah, it really depends, uh, and and the offer would have to say that if it did. Do you, do you have the offer yet? Uh, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it would have if they're going to actually claw it back if you get a new job or stop paying you or something like that if you if you start earning other income they would actually have to specifically say that. Um, are they paying you by way of salary continuation or I, I don't know what uh, you know p- continuing to pay your invoices or or are they just giving you a lump sum? Uh, salary continuation. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eighteen months with forty years of service. I mean, you're pretty well going to get twenty four months at any day of the week. Um, the issue is that um, you know severance pay and termination pay is subject to mitigation, which means any income you earn um, during that 24 months is deducted from what they owe you. Right. If their agreement is just giving you 18 months pay, um, you know it, it, it's six months short of what it should be in terms of if you know if you went to court. Um, but that assumes you're not making any money for the next two years from yep. other sources. Um, so if you earn six months worth of pay, uh, if you earn six months worth of pay from other sources from, you know, December to December, December 2019 to December 2020, um, you're basically even. Okay. How, you, how difficult is it to, to actually get 24 months? Um, well, the, the issue that comes up is employers are going to say, well, we think you're going to get a job at some point over the next, you know, let's just, let's say you're dealing with this in, in December or January. So... You know, we think you're going to get a new job at some point or earn some income over the next year. Uh, probably not. I'm already uh, taking a pension. Oh, okay. Um, but you w- would you be looking for work? No. No, oh, okay. 
um, because if you are let go, um, you know, if you don't accept their package and you go to, you know, go through the um, you know litigation route, um, you do have an obligation to search for alternative employment uh, to get a severance package or, or to at least, um, you know, qualify for a severance package. Okay, so uh, what should I do at this point, do you think? At this point, what I would recommend doing is giving us a call, and we can go through the uh, the offer with you. Um, because, like I said, I mean, 18 months is definitely less than you'd get awarded in, in, in a court. I think it would be 24 months. I, I think it would be very hard for you not to get that. Um, we'll just have to go through basically a cost-benefit analysis of whether it makes sense um, to, to accept that and move on um, or, or go after them and, uh, you know, pursue pursue the, the extra six months. Okay. All right, Dave. Would uh, would uh, would Jim's? Uh, he mentioned the pay for eighteen months, whatever. Uh, I guess that's based on what he earned as far as commissions. Does it have to include all components? If he got a car allowance, if he got this, that, the other thing, bonuses, profit sharing, it has to include all that, doesn't it? Not just his pay. Yeah, great question. And uh, yeah, it should for you know it should include all forms of compensation. So, um, and it goes back to that uh, what we were talking about. You need to be made whole. So it's as if you had just continued working there for twenty four months. That is the le- that's the principle. Is that how it looks, Jim? Ah, uh, yes. Yep. It so it's, it's everything. Okay. It's just it's eighteen months or a year and a half as opposed to to two years. So they're they're six months short. Um, but uh, you know we should discuss uh, whether uh, you know whether that makes sense to uh, to pursue more and, and negotiate a uh, you know a, a bit better of a severance package there. Appreciate the call, Jim. It was a it was a good one. Please follow through with Dave uh, at your earliest convenience. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Jim, you know the email address as well. Help at employmenthour dot com. Definitely follow up with that one because that's a uh, that's an interesting situation. You know, he's looking at a pension and he's still short on the severance side, but you're saying at the same time. Because he's not going to be looking for other work, it might it might be might be a case where it's good to go, right? Yeah, it's uh, you know once you get up towards that eighteen month mark, it's you know it doesn't matter how much service you have, you really have to ask yourself, you know, if it's guaranteed, if it's a you know guaranteed payment, um, right. you, you really have to ask yourself like it how much more am I going to get through this? Because, you know, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, I might not get a job in the next six months or even, you know, eight months, nine months. But in the next year and a half, if I, if I actually look for work, which is the obligation, if, if you are let go, um, will I find a comparable job in the next year and a half? Right, right. And, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. This is a number. If you want to call through, have your say, ask your questions, please do. We're here to uh, to answer those calls for the remainder of the time we have here. But in between, termination of employment, uh, questions on this topic. Uh, we'll take Jim, for example. Um, 18 months, does an employer have to pay severance all at once or what you'd refer to as a lump sum, or would it be installments or payment continuation? Is there a choice? Yeah, so the the employer does have quite a bit of leeway, you know, okay. in terms of severance pay and um, you know the common law severance pay. And in fact, all of common law severance pay can be provided by way of working notice. Um, so they don't even have to pay. You know, the employer doesn't even have to pay the person, you know, a check or or or, or money. They can actually say, in two years, your employment will terminate. Oh, that and they, yeah, that, yeah, that would be t- that'd be tough. And you know, yeah. I, I find that quite rare. Um, yeah. The situation like uh, Jim's is a little more common, where they give you know a, a you know, shorter uh, working notice period. Then if you you know at the end of that, they'll they'll give you a lump sum payout or continue the, your salary. Um, so they can you know an employer can give uh, you know common law severance and termination pay by way of working notice. They can do it by a lump sum, which I'd say is probably the most common. They can do it by salary continuation. So mm-hmm. the person's not working, but they're just continuing the salary. And that's good for employers who maybe don't have a huge amount of, uh, you know, that need the can't just 
fork out two years worth of severance pay or a year sure. and a half worth of severance pay to someone. Yeah. Um, and employers can also do it by, uh, you know, by a combination, like you, like Jim uh, Jim situation. So you can have some working notice, um, and then at the end of that, you get to get a lump sum payment or, or salary continuation. Uh, I should point out, though, that under the Employment Standards Act, statutory severance pay uh, does have to be, cannot be worked. And um, statutory severance pay is owed to employees with uh, at least five years of service, and their employer has to have a $2.5 million payroll um, in Ontario. And um, and in that case, um, you can't actually work that statutory severance off. Um, you actually have to be paid that. It can be paid in installments, but it can't be paid um, or provided by way of working notice. Gotcha. We'll get to a, uh, another call here. I got an anonymous caller. Hi, uh, what's your question? Hi there. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm right here. I'm right here. So yep, go thing, ahead. I was uh, terminated with a a 17-month time base. So I'm going to be working another 17 months, and once completed, uh, I'll be terminated, and I'll receive five and a half months in severance package. I've been in this company for 19 years. It's a technology company. What is, is this legal? You've been there 19 years. How old are you? I'm 53. 53. And what type of job is it? It's a technician job. Okay. Technician, 19 years of service, 53. I mean, you'd probably get somewhere around 18 to 20, 22 months of severance pay. Um, And that can be provided by way of working notice. Um, So they do get credit for this. So basically what you're telling me is they've said in 17 months your employment will terminate. Yes. And then at the end of that, they're going to give you five and a half months of severance pay? Correct. Do you know how they... How they came up with that five and a half? Like, how they came up with that? No, please. No, um, because how big is this company? I mean, is it, is it a big company? Uh, it's a U.S.-based company in Toronto, but it's not a big company. It's, um, it's not doing well enough to begin with. That's the reason they're letting people go. Got it. Okay. And others, they let go, gave them eighteen months. The next day, they're out the door. In my case, it's different. Yeah, you're having to work. Unfortunately, they are allowed to give you working notice, and they do get credit for it. Um, if they're a statutory severance-paying employer, um, which it sounds like they may be, they would owe you um, about 19 weeks, uh, 19, 20 weeks of severance pay um, at the end of it, which it sounds like is close to what they're giving you, and maybe it seems like they're giving you a bit more. Um, with that said, um, you know, give us a call, and uh, you know, we can review the offer with you and see if there's anything we can do. Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the call. Again, the number to reach Dave or Lior. In the meantime, someone of the firm is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is info at uh, employmenthour dot com to reach out through email as well. Um, if there is cause, has to be proven. I know. If there is cause, does the employer still have to pay severance at the end? Um, if an employer uh, has cause, um, you know, that's generally they, they allege cause when they're trying to avoid paying severance pay. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that is the, the, you know, the point. And, and what they're doing usually is alleging there's serious misconduct that's basically ruined the uh, employment relationship. Um, so if they can establish cause, they don't have to pay termination pay. But like we've said, um, it is very difficult to establish cause for employers, especially with long service employees. Um, so, you know, I, I say I, I speak to people quite often that where the employer alleges cause and um, right on the face of it, it's quite obvious that it's not going to be cause. Um, and in those cases, we're able, uh, usually able to get a severance package for the person. 
And they've jumped the gun, right, which happens so often, more often than not, I would say, right? Yeah, it does. And, and another thing to know is um, under the Employment Standards Act, you actually still are entitled to your, mi- your minimum entitlements mm. um, unless the employer can establish willful misconduct or willful neglect of duty that hasn't been condoned and it's not trivial. So in certain circumstances, someone can actually be terminated um, for cause, so they wouldn't get their common law entitlements, but they would still get their, their Employment Standards Act entitlements. Um, for instance, performance concerns are never, mm-hmm. I mean, they're very difficult to establish cause for performance anyways, but it's never going to be willful misconduct or willful neglect of duty, just not performing your job, you know, to the best of your, you know, right. to the uh, employer's expectations. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Still got a few minutes here. We'll get to uh, to Jack. Hey, Jack, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. No worries. What's um, going on? Question for you uh, about my partner. She's been uh, a dental hygienist with the same company for 20 years. And she, every year that she's been there, uh, she's been receiving a uh, Christmas bonus. And then over the last 7 to 10 years, uh, it's been declining in, in what he had originally given her. So the two questions we have, is that considered a, a constructive dismissal? And the second thing is, if she were to leave, what kind of severance would she be looking at? What is the decrease annually? So it would be anywhere between 2500 to 3000 Now it's down to about 1500 sometimes down to 1000 Right. Um, you know, that... <laughs> First of all, bonuses are tough in terms of establishing constructive dismissal, especially when it's a, you know, it sounds like it's a purely discretionary bonus Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. Um, And, you know, you you usually have to have the the cut and pay at least 5% of compensation, of total compensation, for it to reach constructive dismissal. So I don't know if you'd get to that threshold. Um, and additionally, I think bonuses, um, you know, bonuses are tough, especially when they're discretionary like that. Um, third point is that it sounds like it's been going on for quite some time. So they're going to say, you know, we always, you know, we always, you know, um, maintain the right to provide the bonus based on what we decided was, you know, we could afford or, wh- or whatever the reasoning is. So I think it would be difficult now to say that it's a constructive dismissal. Okay. And then in terms of severance, uh, if she was to ever be let go, uh, what kind of severance would she be looking at in a, a, a 20-year career? 20 years. How old is she? Uh, she's 50. Uh, at the high end, it's, you're probably looking at about 18 months. And, um, you know, I, I guess if you got uh, got lucky or got a good judge uh, and, uh, you know, went your way, you'd get 20. And then, you know, in, in a bad case scenario, it'd probably be 15. So that's probably the range, 15 to 20 months um, if she has let go. That assumes she doesn't have a termination provision in her employment agreement. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, our pleasure. You're welcome, Jack. Uh, again, keep that uh, keep that number handy if you need it uh, to moving forward to get a hold of uh, Dave or the rest of the team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the uh, the way to go. So your employer says, like it might be happening. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to see if I can squeeze Stacy in here quickly. We got a couple minutes to go. Stacy, you got about a minute and a half. What's uh, what do you got? Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, so an employer who um, deems uh, paying 25% of the gross income in a transport industry, um, the uh, the pay the gross is being presented after deductions, then they present it to the employee. Is this legal? Sorry, so the, the employee's t- like compensation is based on a, percent- a percentage rate. Right. Okay. It would just depend on the, uh, on the employment agreement. So there isn't one, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Like the the gross is supposed to be a certain percentage, but um, the employer is deducting the truck payment from that first before 
so essentially my husband is working for the first $2,100 for free. Right. Have they always done that? Um, it's a new uh, arrangement. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's an owner-operator who works for a transport company, but my husband drives that truck for them. Right. I mean, if it's if it's if it's always been done like that, then there you'd have. An, I mean, that that was just the arrangement. But if you're saying this is a new arrangement that's being uh, brought in, then uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that may be something that we could uh, could help with. Stacy, I hate to uh, to let you go early, but uh, you can continue on the conversation with Dave as we uh, we get out of here for your Monday night. To follow up, help at employmenthour.com. You got one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and we've had several questions about it tonight. And how much severance am I owed? Good place to start: severancepaycalculator.com. We will be back here Wednesday evening with another edition of the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.